Hi, this is Pamela Adlon, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball. Give us a shake. We're live in the studio, tempting fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select with the help of our friend. Synchronicity, and now it's time for Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. And welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations today, we have the fabulous Louise Goffin. Yay! Welcome Hello, to all of thank you who you. are listening. And we are doing musical divinations here, and we are joined for our next engagement with the pop oracle by... Britta Phillips of the band Luna, and also of the productions Moral Oral and Mary Shelley's Frankenhole as a voiceover actor. Hi. Uh, hi. Welcome, welcome to Radio 8, Paul Britta. Thanks. It's good to be here. Now, we met, as some people do in these trying times, on the Book of Face uh, <laughs> in a, what could have turned into an argument. Yes, that's true. Yes. And instead it turned into a podcast. Yeah, synchronicity. It's wonderful. Yeah. That's because we're artists. And when we fight, <laughs> we collaborate, we make art. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So uh, do you want to set it up or should, um, shall I? You start. You started. Because that's I, kind of how I'm, I did. Gra- yeah, he started that. Yeah. So someone was, po- <laughs> we were doing, we were, there was a, a Me Too posting going on. And I sort of like put up my hand and said, yeah, you know, I, there are, I've experienced some harassment in the workplace too. And Britta, as a lot of people reasonably would say to a man saying this, she said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's, it's not even on the same level in terms of what women have to deal with. To which I I hope I said, yeah, I totally agree. And I'd still have, (laughs) can I have a smaller me too? (laughs) Right. So I I responded very emotionally because it was like, what, November 16th. And I was just like... Yeah. Fuming. <laughs> I'm cool now. A little. But um, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I was thinking about the general. Yeah. Right. And obviously, if it's your personal experience, it's on an individual basis, it's still like, hey, you know, that can happen. Right. And at the, it's one of the things that I, 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 I'm always talking about on the show is the ability to hold two ideas in your head that are that might be conflicting because i a hundred percent agree with your point of view like i it's like the conversation was what was important my point of view wasn't the important thing and your point of view wasn't the important thing but the the conversation between the two is where we get to a place of both of us saying yeah the situation so far has sucked across the board doesn't help anybody right yeah well Um, i also i think um, at that, right when the whole Weinstein thing became public, I was so angry, and I remember saying something like, "I don't, I don't care if it's fair. Like, pay, payback. Just like, 
and and that was wrong. <laughs> but it was my emotional response at that time. I, I don't think you know. I think we should be fair, mm-hmm. um, even if it hasn't been fair to women. You know, you don't want to go down uh, either yeah. way that way. And so. yet the the you know I, I I live in Olympia, Washington, which is a punk rock little. Been it's been an angry feminist town my whole life. Yeah, and. I, I I choose to live there, so I obviously resonate to some degree with that energy, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. And I I have, I have, I'm more than sympathetic; I'm uh, inspired by right. it. Um, but it feels like America is just getting the first <laughs> taste of what I've spent forty something years right. living in, and I think there's probably at least forty years of that kind of anger. Like we all have to like deal with each other as human beings nicely. Or we'd like to, and at the same time, I think, yeah, women are, like women have a right to be mad for a long, long for for more than since November sixteenth. Yeah, you certainly yeah. have a right to be furious, and uh, and I'm and I, I think being able to navigate these conversations where you can say, yeah, that did suck for you personally, and <laughs> look at what's look at the compare right. it to you know, be compared. It's you know, always yeah, yeah that's. Maybe that's what I uh, want to ask. Maybe um, good. We're, we're going. Uh, you're getting ahead of me. Because you're being a host. now, what's pissing me off is the, a lot of the Me Too. <laughs> the Me Too so is I'm, pissing you off. Yes, now that's pissing me off well, because it just unpack it, that. Yeah. Um. It, it just seems a lot of it. I mean, not all of it, but some of it's really petty seeming. And I'm like, where do you draw the line between? really harassing someone, breaking the law, and making someone uncomfortable. Is this like part of the Al Franken? Do you feel like is this inspired by that? That's probably where it started, yeah. Or actually it started even, um, I don't know, I can't remember who was, there's a bunch of instances, but um, certainly I think Al Franken shouldn't resign. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit absurd. Right. uh, so yeah, where where's the line? Aren't we as adults? Part of being an adult is to deal with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, deal with discomfort. You don't just you're not we're not babies, right? We I want women to be empowered. I don't want them to be infantilized or just merely protected because they're victims. You mm-hmm. know, so you want to amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. well, so what? So what? what what's the, where does this lead you with your question for the Pop Oracle? Oh, um, hmm. was that what? Is this the, the topic you wanted to ask about? Yeah, yeah, this was it. So I guess that, that's the question. How do you navigate that? It's a gray. It's a really big gray area right now, and people are trying to just be black and white, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, always listen to women. And all men are, you know, uh, rapists or something. You know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's kind of all or nothing. feels a bit crazy. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Crazy. And I think that's throwing, it's not going to do women any big favors in the future. I, I feel like it has to, I don't know. My question is, how do we use this moment? Because I think it's a great opportunity to mm-hmm. move forward. How do we you, you take the seize the opportunity to empower women rather than merely protecting them. Okay. Well, now to engage the pop oracle, <laughs> you get to spin oh, yeah. the wheel of eight. 
Na 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 na. We love it. Song number seven, which is where's my list here? Oh, revenge. Uh. <laughs> it just had to be. It had I to be. I love it. Oh my god! It's I gotta so move perfect. over there. Oh, it's a piano song. Do you want it the is. real piano? I want the real piano because right, that's that's exactly what I was talking about when I said I don't care if it's, it's fair. I it's want revenge. Really perfect. <laughs> it's sickeningly perfect. Oh my god. Okay, let's do this. <clears throat> Skylar Gudas, wherever you are, we wrote this song together. <laughs>
Yes. Well, that was Revenge from Louise Goffin. The answer to Britta Phillips' question, how can we use this moment to empower women and not just protect merely them? protect, yes. Just not merely protect them. Obviously, the reaction from both of you before when, when we before the song even played was like, oh, my God, this is a visceral hit. Um, but, Louise, can you tell us a little bit about the background of that song, where it comes from? Uh, yeah, actually, um, one of our other guests today, who will be Rob Morrow, mm-hmm. um, I was over at his house, uh, and we were having a conversation at the door as I was going back to my car because the the TV was on CNN, and he said, you know, I got to admit, I'm I'm pretty addicted to watching all this. And and as my his my parting mm-hmm. his parting sentence to me as I got to my car, he says, The thing that gets me is how much they relish the cruelty. <laughs> and it just I got in my car and I went, relish the cruelty, relish the cruelty. And then I got back, um, and on my phone I just started writing all these lyrics. They relish the cruelty because they love the, the revenge. Uh, Mama was so pretty, but her looks were all in vain because Daddy never gave her no respect, though they toasted the champagne. And I thought, it's one of those lyrics that stay on your phone. You don't Mm -hmm. really like, you know, right? you don't want to really write that kind of song when you're writing a pop song, or maybe you do. But I had uh, a writing session booked with Skylar Gudas the next day, and she came over. She... She doesn't live in L.A., but she had borrowed a Telecaster. And she said, I just have this riff, and it, it was it was just one chord. It was on G. And I went, oh, it's a shuffle. That'll be fun. And then, I mean, she tells me I just literally came out, and it fit perfectly. I just sung over it. They ran the cruelty cause they love revenge and then we went over to the piano and the rest of the song just got written really quickly and we went down into my studio to make a quote unquote demo of it and that ended up being the record that I put out yeah yeah um and uh well Berta what did you think about that as the answer to your question well it's yeah I guess Looking at it from the other side, it's like uh, I, I want justice, not revenge. Yeah, yeah, and revenge is a weird word because I don't want. It, it was never saying I want revenge. It was saying yeah. they want revenge. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, but yeah. the, in this question, like I think what we should be going for, even though it feels like the desire yeah. for well, that's that that idea of relishing the cruelty. Cruelty. You have to acknowledge that. I mean, I feel like. I feel so torn in interpreting it because on the one hand, I feel like, of course, I want to be in a place where we have gotten to that conversation. And I also know that trying to get there before you're there, there's something about fake it till you make it, maybe. But we're talking about like serious trauma that people have gone through. Then not just like there's the trauma that people go through and then there's just knowing that someone has gone through mm-hmm. trauma. I was talking about anti-Semitism and for me the effect of things that happen to, to that I hear of stories that my grandparents tell still terrify me now. And I can't even imagine if it was 
closer, like my mother telling me stories about things that are happening to have happened to her in her life and might happen to me today, tomorrow. I think I, I think I can I, I can run with this. Yeah. Uh, what this song is about and how I feel it attends to your question, Britta, is that we're stuck in a loop. You know, whenever somebody shuts out any part of the community, whether it's anti-Semitism, whether it's genderism, whether it's, you know, feminism, whatever it is, racism, anytime somebody doesn't want something coming around that somehow threatens them, you know, usually the rhetoric is that they're superior in some way, that their belief system is superior, when really... It's very transparently coming from an inferiority and, and a fear. And so what, what this song is really talking about is as soon as, as every time we're in a cycle of revenge of we've been hurt, we've been traumatized, and now we're going to get back, mm-hmm. then you continue this cycle of cruelty. Nobody gets any wiser. And, you know, really a new generation is paying for the sins of the last generation or previous generations. And it's really up to us to stop what Britta was talking about when you had that online argument. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's debate. time. It's debate. A, okay, debate. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is up to us. It stops here with us now in this generation to not get into the black and white, all or nothing, us or them. You deserve everything you got because... You know, we've been putting up with this for hundreds of years. Yeah. It's it's really about enlightenment. And, and enlightenment never comes fast. It's always little tiny incremental things. And we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater by not being satisfied with the inch that we come forward. Because if we throw it all out, we just we have to repeat everything all again. We have to actually be happy with... We've moved an inch, and now we have to move another inch forward, and we have to talk to each other and not isolate. Yeah. The, what, you're, what we do with this answer is what you're talking about. I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever gotten to this point, but I realized at some point that even though I didn't like being angry, there was a part of me that got off on being angry. And until I realized and acknowledged that, then I was sort of like, just kind of bullshitting myself, like, oh, I'm so, I don't want to be angry, but damn, it feels good to be this, you know, it and does. like, and <laughs> when you're unaware of that, it sounds like, like you had to find a place to put, I had to find places where I could put that part of myself where it wasn't, I wasn't putting it into my relationships with people and I wasn't, you know, doing things that were hurtful to myself because I was running an energy that I felt like I needed to because there's things to be so angry about. Yeah. And it does feel good to be righteously angry, angry but you have to know where to put it. And if you don't have any place to put it, that's when I feel like it busts out into the shadow projection and mob like mob violence either online or just projecting it onto the person who's closest to you as opposed to onto the actual targets out there. Um, where do you think know. where yeah. do you think it leads? Um, hmm. Well, I, 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 I still am not sure. Um, but I, I feel like if we're I don't work in an office, but if I'm working in an office, I would like to imagine um, women that are not that are uh, comfortable enough to say in the moment, you know, you know, don't be a dick, right? You know, like mm-hmm. rather than saying, "Oh, is it? 
I, I should, I can't, and and other people will have their back, and maybe it can end there. You mm-hmm. know, starting with somebody just, just being a dick before they actually assault anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Boundary but, training, right? But I feel like, yeah, there are different. I mean, I feel like men learn that they should not take no for an answer, and women learn different. You know behavior games. Unless and that, you were raised by an angry feminist in which you were yes, taught that's true. to take no for an answer even before right. they've, you've entered the room. But that, I think, yeah, there just needs to be some changes and women should... Um, I mean, when this was all coming out, I, I thought about a couple of things. That, I mean, I've been very lucky. And not, I don't have any big trauma. But a few things in my past that I felt angry about, but I was mostly angry at my being um, passive or naive, you know. So that's, I I think that women need to not worry about, um, you know, getting on men's nerves. Just to start, I mean, in the workplace. Um, well, yeah, and inter- like you're talking about inter- internalizing it, like turning that in on yourself instead yeah. of. And I think I I have to think that that is. What, I mean, I mean, you can only tell me. But right now, with this conversation being out there, there has to be more of a feeling of like I can. You're empowered if there are other women around to be able to say, "Yeah, this is what everyone's talking about." Right? I mean, is does do you feel like there's more? You have more leeway in the last month and a half to say to call bullshit. Well, I mean, I've. I think it's a maturity and aging thing. Like the older I've yeah. I've gotten and the more confident I've gotten, I, you know, I, I speak my mind more and more. But as Britta was saying, I have plenty of memories of a time where I just couldn't speak and it was too afraid. And, you know, there's a thing that you hear in recovery circles uh, called like after I think it's called afterburn or something when you advocate for yourself but because we've had a lifetime and generations of programming to be a people pleaser mm-hmm. and really it's almost chemically released when you say no or no that doesn't work for me or no I won't be doing that for anything we experience a lot of shame which is toxic shame. It's not real. It's not telling us something that is valuable to us, which is you shouldn't be doing that. But really what it is, is we've been trained for years and years that we are unattractive. We're not being good women if we are ever angry or we draw a line or we say no. And and so we've had to learn to say those things and do those things and advocate for ourselves in spite of those chemicals getting released in our bodies telling us something terrible is about to happen to you as a result of it because what happens is the opposite. You know, you start having more of a safe space to live in once you can speak for yourself. Yeah, it's a a, a different uh, definition of what feminine is, you know. It can be confrontational angry, strong, um, and doesn't have to be sexy all the time. <laughs> and even if it is sexy, it can be all those things, you know. But also, I think um, in the workplace, if people see stuff going on, they need to, you know, jump in there too. If you're bystanders, I think that's going to be a big part of it so that pe- people are not just, you know, it's like the the weak 
sheep of the herd who just everyone's just like, okay, I don't want to get them. involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not me. <laughs> take them. Yeah, yeah, get involved. Well, I, I I have so many things that I like to say, but I feel like I want to let no, no, let the women say, have the I'm, last word on this one. I I'm like, done. I think you're no, I just I think. <laughs> I think this is the conversation that's going to be going on for a long time, and I am really excited. I'm glad that you brought it up. I'm super – I think it should be very encouraging to anyone who's ever – who's listening. We've all had uh, Facebook or online interactions with people where we felt like that person just doesn't – you know, isn't able to hear me, and I'm not able to hear that person, and we're navigating an area where we're both right, but we can't meet on that place where we're both right. And I think uh, with this going into the new year feeling with this episode, I'd love to just put that out as a, as a hopeful thing for everyone going into 2018 is to like get have an interaction with the people that you have these online interactions with and try and be human with them yeah, because we can figure absolutely. this out. We can figure some of this stuff out together. And I in think. politics, too. That was, you know, yeah. I almost went that way because I feel like there's no conversation yeah. It's, you know, going on there and that's that's pretty deadly. Yeah, what I what I always like, advise my kids in these situations when they go, "Oh, Johnny said this and he so that and, you know, it he lied to me or, you know, I'm just making up a fictional but those kind of sentences is I always say slow everything down because what humans tend to do is jump to conclusions and then we act on the conclusion we've drawn and things can escalate very quickly and sometimes all it takes is talking to the other person I mean sometimes I've really vilified other people because I've made an assumption and then I finally talk to them and they go oh I had no idea that that came across like that I had no intention of communicating that Yeah, you know we just all have our own blind spots and the only way to break them down is to really slow down our conversations. Recognize, de-escalate, and decode. Recognize, de and decode. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.